0: Liftoff! We
1: have a liftoff! Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts: Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge.
2: Eeoh!
1: Eeoh!
2: Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy leagues. I'm your host, Michelle, uh, NFL researcher at NFL Network. We have Kate here, my lovely wife. She is a content manager over at DraftKings Nation. And Jake Trowbridge, social media extraordinaire and content creator at Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. Today's episode, we will be discussing confusing backfields for fantasy football. There's quite a few of them. So we limited the, it to the top five most confusing backfields that matter, right? Like the Texans should be up there. But no, they didn't make our top five list because like, who really cares about them in fantasy? So I'm sorry if you're hoping to hear some Marlon Mack talk today. You're not going to get it from us. I apologize. But We will dig into those top five most confusing backfields. Before we get into the show, make sure to go hit that five-star review for us. It helps us so much. If you want to leave us a comment, we will read it on the show. If you want to ask me a research question, um, go ahead and shoot us a review there. Uh, You can ask the question, and I will answer it. Of course, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, I will do the same thing. I'll answer it on the show. Talk of the town today is a pretty obvious one, guys. We had some big news drop today, which is Wednesday, January
0: 6th. Say. The Seattle Seahawks are moving forward with Geno Smith and Drew lock <laughs> as their quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, that's... that was the breaking news, right? That news made me giggle. But the
2: talk of the town today will be Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. You
1: know, you're kind of the talk of the town town you're the talk of the town talk of the town this is the ball blastiest news ever by the way this is completely tailor-made for our podcast the fact that baker mayfield is usurping sam darnold you couldn't have written it better for us
0: (laughs) you really couldn't the takeover is almost complete
2: i am excited for baker I, you know, we don't know what Matt rule is as, as a coach so far, it hasn't been very pretty, but he's had, uh, you know, not the best roster, a terrible quarterback, uh, as of late and Ben McAdoo, a lot of people are making fun of, but Eli Manning had some of his best seasons as a quarterback. Two of his three total career seasons with over 30 touchdowns were with Ben McAdoo as the offensive coordinator. No, he wasn't a good head coach. But offensive coordinator, he did his thing. And Odell Beckham went off in both of those years as well, over 1,300 yards. So uh, I'm not worried about Ben McAdoo being the OC. Would I be worried if he was the head coach? Yes, but I'm fine with that. Now let's get into initial thoughts with fantasy related, right? I don't know if any of us are still taking Baker Mayfield in a one quarterback league. I think, no. Yeah, I think no. we'd all agree there that no, maybe as a late QB2 option in super flex leagues, fine. But let's talk about DJ Moore because that's the biggest piece here. How does did he go up in your rankings at all, Jake?
1: It's impossible for me to really move him up in my rankings. I was he, He's never going to move out of this bubble for me. He's like this wide receiver 12 to wide receiver 18 range guy. And if you want to move him anywhere in between that, I guess that's fine. But I'm not moving him higher than that, certainly. And I will never move him lower than that because the target share should still remain the same for him, which is really what's crucial for him. Hopefully, hopefully Baker Mayfield gets some more touchdowns, but I don't know that that's just going to magically happen with him there. So for me, I'm really not moving DJ too much here.
0: Kate, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, I'm definitely going to give the entire receiving core, even Robbie Anderson, who we know is not Baker Mayfield's biggest fan. I'm giving them all a bump up. Like, D.J. Moore, he's been incredibly reliable, like so freaking reliable. Uh, but, but he was able to do that last season. Uh, still have a thousand, or sorry, eleven hundred receiving yards in each of the last three seasons. In the the Carolina Panthers, they don't they don't pass uh, for yards. They try, but they're not successful. They literally had fourteen. 14, 14 total passing touchdowns last year. Like that is honestly just, I, I feel like I had 15 personally. (laughs) Like it's just absolutely insane. Uh, They had 21 interceptions on the year. Like I'm expecting that the ratio will not be two to three on the touchdown to interception ratio. Like I, I expect them to have the ball a bit more often. I expect um, Baker Mayfield to be more accurate, and I think that that's going to complement DJ Moore really well. I don't, I can't, again, move him up. Just like Jake said, there's not, not enough power for me there. Despite the fact that I think Baker Mayfield is very good for the actual offense, it doesn't move the needle for me a ton for fantasy. I'm, I mo- like-
2: I'm moving it up because his uh, his target rate is so incredibly high, one of the highest in the league. You just need efficiency to come out of that. I mean, he had like a 58 catch percentage last year. That's not because DJ Moore can't catch a ball. It's because Sam Darnold can't throw a ball. And his quarterbacks over the last three years have been Teddy <laughs> <Titty> Bridgewater.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, That's an unfortunate nickname.
2: <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Allen. <laughs> Kyle Allen started 12 of these games, which I don't remember that many starts. Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, the the second time cam newton, uh, pj walker and will greer. He's had six of those quarterbacks over the last 3 years. They've combined for a 76 passer rating, which if you don't know is just absolutely terrible. Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, both got drafted in 2018 class and Mayfield has 92 passing touchdowns in his career and Darnold has 54. And it's 40 more career touchdowns when they came in in the same exact year. So I expect DJ's Morris efficiency to increase in yards per reception um and his touchdown rate.
0: Yeah, I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity uh baker's thrown for 300 or more passing yards in 10 of his 50 games so far. I think that can increase just with DJ Moore um in general, I think. Well, just with the team that lets him throw as well. Yeah, and and I mean it's not like you're losing much in the run game either. Like you still have like supreme talent at running back to help take some of that pressure off of the the passing game. I like it. I just think this was a great move for the Panthers. Period. Yep.
2: Okay. Let's go on to Robbie Anderson now. So I am moving DJ Moore quite a bit up. I don't know if he's going to get into my top ten yet. I have to still work that out. But before he was going to be lower teens, and now I have him at least higher teens. So I, I am moving him up quite a bit with this move. Uh, Robbie Anderson I didn't care about him in the slightest before this trade but now I actually am interested as long as he plays with Baker I mean we've seen the tweets where what he What is his
0: beef? He, he did not it?
2: want to play with Baker Mayfield so we'll see uh, if he actually plays but I think it's a very nice pairing what do you think Jake
1: I don't know. I think any pairing is better than Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson. So like by default, I have to move up Robbie Anderson because anybody that's not Sam Darnold, we've just seen how awful that connection has been over the years. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this show, he needed to get away from Sam Darnold. So the fact that he's doing that, great. But like, what is his ceiling truly still here? I don't know. I mean, is it like Donovan Peoples-Jones was last year with the Browns? Because if that's the case, that's nothing that I'm excited about. And so it still I doesn't think, really register for me.
2: I think Robbie Anderson is better wide receiver than Donovan Peoples-Jones. And we saw the one year that Robbie Anderson finally got away from Sam Darnold. He put up almost 1,100 yards. Not only three touchdowns, so that has to increase. But he was fantasy relevant in 2020. Um, I'll say quickly, like Robbie Anderson's best asset is a deep threat, right? He's a very speedy guy, and he can he's going to go deep. That's where he's going to win. When you're comparing Baker Mayfield to Sam Darnold, they're really Baker Mayfield to anyone uh, in the NFL, since 2018, there have been 27 quarterbacks with 100-plus deep pass attempts. Deep pass attempt equals 20-plus air yards. And when you're comparing Baker Mayfield to all of those other quarterbacks, he has the second highest completion percentage behind only Kyler Murray. 42 completion percentage. That's higher than Deshaun Watson, who is third, and Russell Wilson, who is fourth. So like all of those top guys are really good deep throwers. Baker Mayfield is a fantastic deep passer. And of course, Sam Darnold was last among those quarterbacks in deep pass completion percentage. Nobody is surprised there, but you're moving from the worst deep passer in the league to a really good one. Uh, So I'm excited for Robbie Anderson and Baker's connection. I hope he plays because I think he is important
0: to Baker having success. I think he's going to be better for real life though, than I do for fantasy. Like I'm, I'm actually kind of blown away looking at his stats. Um, I mean, you've literally never had a career year from Robbie Anderson where he had fewer than 75 targets. When? Like, when did he have all of these targets? I have no idea. More than 100 targets in each of the last two seasons. But, Michelle, you brought up his his first season away from Sam Darnold and the fact that he posted a really good year with almost 1,100 receiving yards. But – the catch for me here is that he posted almost a 71% completion rate which Robbie Anderson has never been a guy with uh like a, a high catch rate ever in his entire career even dating back to Temple he's been right in like the high 50s range yeah but his, his, his yards per career. reception were way lower than his, his. yards per reception yeah. were way lower but That should go up again. That should, the yards per reception should go up and I'm expecting the reception rate to go up a little bit, but is it going to be enough to matter for fantasy? I don't really think so. Okay. I would rather him. Would you rather Robbie Anderson
2: or Chase Claypool?
1: Chase Claypool. I'll still take the upside there with Chase. Then I would, maybe it's just me getting burned with Robbie, but yeah, I would rather take that upside because there's still a lot of unknowns in Pittsburgh and a lot of those unknowns could go towards chase.
2: Okay. That was too easy. Robbie Anderson or Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk. Why Christian Kirk has never had a year like Robbie Anderson has had.
0: Um, I think it, they paid him to be. Oh, who cares
2: what they paid him? Guys, get, Kenny Galladay just got paid like the most in a in the offseason last year—a massive seventy million dollar contract, which is not massive any longer well, for what he receivers also and did absolutely
0: nothing. He wasn't healthy. I mean, he was healthy putting like enough. Christian Kirk. I think uh, if if you play him out of the slot, he's probably going to see more volume than Robbie Anderson does at, come the end of season higher catch rate. If I'm playing in a PPR league, I think that decision's pretty easy.
2: So Christian Kirk goes from the wide receiver one last year, basically for the Cardinals with 900 yards and he's going to go to the Jags and do better.
1: See, I'm tied to Marvin Jones with the Jaguars. So I'm contractually obligated to go against Christian Kirk here because I want everything to go to Marv. So I'm actually going to lean towards Robbie Anderson here, but acknowledging I don't really want either of them that much.
2: I actually really want Robbie. I think now in I think the, you're just in talking runs. yourself like no, I mean, because I've already been talking up Baker Mayfield as a deep threat as a deep passer. He is one of the best in the league. And when you, you when your deep threat is Robbie Anderson, he made Rashad Perriman actually fantasy relevant at the end of what was it, the 2019 season. He was there for like six games. We were playing Brashad Perriman because that was his deep threat. People actually talked up Donovan's people's Jones for no reason. Like this dude is never going to be anything in the NFL. I mean, Deshaun Watson's a good deep passer too. So maybe he'll make, keep him relevant, but I'm just saying
0: he's had Jarvis Landry, the throw too deep. I mean, I think again, Robbie Anderson is fine. I don't think he's necessarily like talented enough that in, it, it seems like other stuff is going on with him too. I don't, He changed from the Y to the IE. Yeah, his his mentals do seem a little off. Yeah, and it seems like he was frustrated with the Baker situation. I honestly kind of wonder, and this is just like pure conjecture, so this is not anything based on reports, but like this is me being the empath that I am. I wonder um, like is Robbie Anderson going to come out and have like an Allen Robinson type year where he's on the field, but He's like a soulless body, just running routes. Like, Well, and then hopefully they put in Terrence Marshall. Mm Terrace. Terrace, yeah. I can't remember. (laughs)
2: We haven't talked about him so long. I knew I was probably saying it wrong. But uh, yeah, maybe they'll put in Terrace. Yeah. out on
0: Robbie Anderson. You can have him all day, Michelle. Enjoy. Let's talk about. Yeah.
2: But one last thing before we get into our confusing backfields. Christian McCaffrey. I don't think this changes anything about him. It doesn't matter which quarterback he's had. He scores 30 plus points a game, like anytime he's on the field. So as long as he can stay healthy, he'll be fine. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. As long as he's healthy, if you have any concerns, it's maybe, Hey, because Baker can throw it deep and wants to throw to Robbie Anderson. And if DJ Moore is going to get this top 10 performance, then maybe something has to eat away at Christian McCaffrey. It's not enough to drop him like out of contention for a top, I don't know, three at, at worst for me, but just something to keep in mind, I guess.
2: Yeah. Okay. I agree. All right, let's hop into these confusing backfields. The top five. Now, the five I picked, it's not necessarily in order of the most confusing, but I, I do think the first team we're going to discuss is number one when it comes to fantasy. What in the world do we do here? Who do we take? Uh, it's the Miami Dolphins. We have Chase Edmonds going as RB34 in draft, Sony Michelle as the RB sixty. Raheem Mostert, surprisingly, going ahead of Sony Michelle's RB47. And then Miles Gaskin, for some reason, is still being drafted in really deep drafts, RB64. I don't expect him to make the team. I guess we'll see. Kate, let's start with you. Who in the world are you looking at here when it comes to the Dolphins' backfield?
0: There's really only one player that I'm looking to target this year, and it's Sony Michelle. First of all, I love the ADP. Like, I think. ADP is absolutely solid uh, RB 60. You cannot beat that price. Cause like you said, Michelle, like miles Gaskin with all of the bodies that they brought in, like it just doesn't really feel like they were committed to miles Gaskin. So throw him out of that equation. And Sony Michelle is like far and away the most affordable option on this roster in games where he's had at least 15 carries throughout his career. Uh, average, like, 14 PPR points a game. We know he can score touchdowns. Like, I could easily see him fitting in as, like, the goal line type role. Um, and, you know, Chase Edmonds getting those, like, complimentary snaps as a receiver. I, I think Sony Michelle is definitely going to be, like, maybe the, the go-to guy on, like, first and second down. And that's so valuable. Give me the touchdowns.
2: Yeah. I mean, if he gets the touchdowns, Jake, who who are you leaning on here?
1: This is gross. So yeah, this is what this whole episode is going to feel like. It's just going to feel gross talking about these guys. If you are in full PPR, I think the allure for you would you, what you would want is Chase Edmonds because of what you saw last year, the Cardinals. But my concern there is it's a totally different situation for him. The Dolphins' are, RBs had a 16% target share last year. Now, again, it's Mike Daniels coming over. It's not It's not the same old offense, so we do have to apply some of the 49ers' logic to this, too. They had a 20% target share amongst their running backs, although most of that was Kyle Juszczyk, and I don't feel like he's fair to really <laughs> just lump in with the running backs. He's his own thing. He's his totally own thing. But ideally, you would want Chase Edmonds to get Miles Gaskin's treatment last year, 63 targets. Like, that's wonderful. But I don't think it is. This is my sneaky plug for Raheem Mostert being a better receiving back than people give him credit for. Per PFF since 2020, highest receiving grades amongst running backs against single coverage. Christian McCaffrey, number one. Raheem Mostert, number two. Then Cordero Patterson, my num- my man, number three. So he's just way better than people give him credit for. The problem was he never got that many opportunities because they would spread the ball in San Francisco amongst all these running backs. If for some reason he can get a, a notable target share here, he's my guy because he is a great runner. He is the only guy with the connection to that 49ers uh, coaching staff that's coming over. And here's one just for you, Michelle. You'll like this one. He also has the highest rushing yards per attempt of any running back in the Super Bowl era, just one spot ahead of Rashad Penny. So there you yeah, go. There's yeah. my argument. For the four <laughs> games that you'll have most are healthy. They'll be amazing <laughs> games, and it'll be really cheap.
2: I was going to say, the, the grade there with his re- receiving work, it's like, well, he's had 48 total targets his entire career. Um, So very, very small sample size. Probably means he won't be targeted too much. I don't know. This field is so gross. It really is because yeah, Chase Edmonds will be the receiving back. Sure. Maybe you want that, but the price then, I mean, he's the most expensive one and I don't really, He's not like too expensive. I think you'll be fine. If you draft him, like, you'll probably be able to plug them in as an RB two when you need them for buys or injuries in PPR leagues. So like, that's it. And if it's half P- PPR, even I'm out, like it has to be full PPR. And that's the only way I even consider taking chase Edmonds. I do. Like I agree with Kate. I think Sony Michelle gets the goal line work and probably the early down work. I don't really want any of these guys. Mostert will last for five seconds.
0: That's the issue with Raheem Mostert is that like, Jake, I do feel like when he was with the 49ers, like they wanted to use him, but every time they even had him look at a football, his body <laughs> just crumbled into bits. Like it, it was not in the cards for Sony Mich- and now, now Sony Michelle comes in. I just think, but also most now 30. Is this really going to be the year he stays healthy? This is the hey, play. And he Cordero Patterson
1: breakout last year. Remember it could happen. I'm just going to lean on Cordero Patterson for all of my arguments from henceforth.
2: All right, let's move on to the next backfield. Even though we didn't really, I guess, fix anybody's problems with the dolphins. <laughs> I did It's Sony Michelle. Okay, so Kate and I <laughs> both say we would take Sony Michelle because of his RB 60 price, right? He's basically free. We'll take a chance on a guy. Maybe Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle make this offense a high-scoring offense. Maybe he'll get a lot of goal line carries, and that's pretty much your only high upside. Jake, who are you taking if you have to take one?
1: At that point, Mostert and Michelle are basically the same price tag for me. I don't see a lot of difference in that, honestly, because you're grabbing them both at the very tail end of the draft. So uh, I'm going to get burned, but yeah, I will chance those five or six games of Mostert hopefully to uh, crush a little bit.
0: Five yeah. or six games feels like you're reaching. I actually don't mind that at all. I
2: might <laughs> I might go with you there. I might go Ooh. with you. There. I might change it to Moster. I don't expect, but if he does stay healthy, then he should be good. All right, let's move on to the Eagles. What are my favorite teams to root for this year with Jalen Hurts? But the running backs, on the other hand, are very hard to figure out. Right. You have Miles Sanders, who basically is telling us uh, this last week, don't draft him because his offense is not good for fantasy running backs. And then you have Kenneth Gainwell. He's was a rookie last year. He's going as an RB49 and then Boston Scott going as an RB80. He's just he's undrafted. Right. Um, Miles Sanders, again, is RB27. I missed that. Jake, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on this backfield?
1: um i also don't want to draft miles sanders so i'm going to heed his advice here uh he's the one i'm staying away from out of this bunch it just feels like there's way too many other quality running backs being drafted around his same area and he said yeah that's an rbbc basically don't draft me uh he only got the targets that i think people want him to have the targets but he only got those targets in 2019 and 2020 because there was nothing on the receiving core. Their most targeted wide receivers in 2020 were Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham. So the fact that he got a bunch of targets back then, that's that's the only reason, is because it was Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham that he was competing against. Since then, we already saw Gainwell come in and start to steal a bunch of those away. Uh, I would be leading Gainwell here, because I don't want somebody just between the 20s, which is what Miles Sanders is, He had no touchdowns last year. I understand positive regression could come, but he didn't get a lot of goal line work. And when he did, he didn't produce. So Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, both better than him in that regard. (laughs) That's not a ringing endorsement. I understand injuries and all that. That's not a ringing endorsement for Miles Sanders, along with his own uh, non-endorsement there. Makes me stay away. So I'll go Gainwell.
0: Kate. Yeah, I'm also going with Gainwell here. I don't really think... Uh, you're banking on any of these guys to be consistent fantasy assets. Like I think the move to acquire AJ Brown, the, uh, you know, emergence of Jalen hurts as a quarterback. I think all of these things point to probably a, a lean on the passing game. And then uh, Jalen hurts and his rushing game. And I think these running backs are just kind of a complement to that, but you know, like it it just hasn't been in the cards really for any running back in Philly for such a long time. There hasn't been a single running back to have more than 200 carries since 2015, at least 2015. There have only been three running backs to see more than 200 carries in a single season since the year 2000. Like unless your name is LaShawn McCoy, Brian Westbrook or Deuce Staley You have not had more than 200 carries in a season with the Philadelphia Eagles. To be fair, they have made up a lot of seasons since they've they've made up plenty of seasons. But since they haven't been with the team, it's been nobody.
2: Yeah. And I don't think we will see a guy with more than 200 carries again this season. And that's I'm staying away from Miles Sanders. RB 27 is just too rich for me.
0: None of these guys are any of No.
2: Um uh yes, he's very good on the ground, but like we said, he doesn't score very many rushing touchdowns. Obviously, they have to increase from zero last year, but he has nine total through three seasons. Like he's never been a big rush touchdown guy. And where he really struggles is as a receiver. His efficiency is terrible. His yards per reception, his catch percentage, and where he's terrible, terrible as 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 a pass blocker. And you can't be on the field on passing downs consistently if you can't pass block. And that's a big reason why they continue to lower that usage in the passing game for him. He had a 46 PFF pass blocking grade last year, 46. That is really, really bad. And while Kenneth Gainwell as a rookie had a 76 pass blocking grade, he's the guy that's going to be on the field for passing downs. Kenneth Gainwell, I had him comp to Austin Eckler. I do think he's the Eagles. Austin Eckler, He's not going to get to Austin Eckler status yet in year two. But remember, it took Austin Eckler a few years to get to Austin Eckler status. Gainwell had 11% of the Eagles targets for, or Eagles target share last year as a rookie. Only Najee Harris had a higher team target rate among rookie running backs in either last year or in 2020. So this was a very high target rate for a rookie running back. And I think that's only going to go up this year. Hopefully he gets used more on the ground. but he was that he was a rush touchdown guy last year. So maybe that stays as well, but I want Kenneth Gainwell in PPR leagues late. That's I'm targeting him a hundred percent.
0: I think that's totally fair. Uh, even looking at their carries inside the five, Miles Sanders only had six carries on the season. And of course that'll contribute to your lack of touchdowns. If you're not being utilized around the goal line, Kenneth Gainwell had three. That was the second most on the team. So like I, I mean, bravo, Kenneth Gainwell. I could easily see um, him continue to uh, just kind of slowly take over the role, um, and his cost is what is most appealing there, because um, I think the PPR upside, especially, is tremendous. But and people for some reason think
2: Boston Scott's the receiving back there. He had 16 targets last year and played 16 games. He averaged one target per game. He is not the the receiving back there Kenneth Gainwell had 50 targets in his rookie season as a fourth round rookie like I think he has the much higher upside
0: than either Sanders or Boston Scott okay so Michelle you can only draft one of these running backs either Mm -hmm. Kenneth Gainwell at RB 49 or Sony Michelle as the RB 60 which are you taking definitely
2: Kenneth Gainwell
0: okay 100% over and over and over
2: because with Kenneth Gainwell, you actually has you have high upside with Sony, Michelle, you have, you know, the Rams situation last year where he was starting for a bit and it still was never like, oh, I need to get this guy in my lineup. You could play him if you needed to, but it was never high upside. So I'm shooting for the upside there. All right, let's move on. Oh, wait, did I get your guys answer? Who are you going for? I was with Kenneth Gainwell as well.
1: Yeah. Gainwell as well. It is. Oh, Gainwell as well. That's fun to say. Uh, there's nobody else there that is intriguing to me at all.
2: No. All right. The most boring backfield of all time, the New England Patriots. <laughs> it's just like so boring. It really is. Damien. It's Harris, a cliche. He had 15 rushing touchdowns last year, and we're like, eh. Like, why are you still so myth? But he's going as an RB28. So even though he put up 15 rushing touchdowns, he's his ADP is still low. Ramondre Stevenson's coming into his second year. He's being drafted as the RB38. Uh, so pretty high for what I would consider a handcuff running back. James White, RB62, but we don't even know if he's going to play this year. I mean, like, he's still not healthy. And then they did draft Pierre Strong and pierre strong jr in the fourth round this year he's going undrafted in redraft leagues but maybe a guy to keep an eye on and waivers because you just never know with bill belichick which running back he's going to use how are we feeling about damian harris let's start there kate you like damian harris or at least you did last off season
0: i like damian harris but i do think that like again just coming into a new season with bill Belichick with the unpredictable nature. Like I actually don't think this is going to be a bad offense. I think this is going to be a perfectly productive team. There's going to be plenty of opportunity. The team literally has uh, the fourth most rushing attempts since the 2015 season. Like there's, there's money to be made here in this offense. It's just like playing Russian roulette every single week. And, Damian Harris, I think, has been the best bet out of all those. But I do think you're banking on touchdown production. And if you don't have that touchdown production, what does that mean for his fantasy production? I don't think it's necessarily great. Um, he was the predominant goal line back last year. Uh, I It's touchdown or bust, but there should be no reason why he doesn't get
2: those same amount of opportunities this year. I think the offense should be a little bit better with the additions of Devante Parker and Tyquan Thornton. We'll see what they matter. But then also
0: second year for Mac Jones, like there should still be more scoring opportunities probably. The the appealing thing, again, comes down to draft costs because we did see the upside. We saw the scoring potential. RB 28 just feels low. Yeah,
2: I think it feels fair. Jake, what are your thoughts on Damian Harris?
1: Yeah, I think it feels fair because he did get 15 touchdowns. I understand that recency bias should allude us to be a little bit more excited as a general populace. But when 43% of your fantasy points come from that, unless you've shown some real pass-catching chops or the team is wanting to go that direction with you, I think that's why James Conner gets somewhat of a pass because he was in the same situation last year. Exact same deal. Almost all of his fancy points, it felt like come from touchdowns. But the thing with Harris is, yeah, it's touchdown or bust. And so I guess rely on that because he did have a really nice share of the rushing attempts inside the 20. So I mean, you know, he was a top 10 guy, top 12 guy, at least in rushing share that way. But in the games where he didn't get multiple touchdowns, you literally got nothing. He only had three games where it wasn't a multi-touchdown situation where he managed to get close to 15 points for fantasy. So that's not something that I'm super keen on at 28. To me, yeah, it's the opposite situation of Miles Sanders. You're all It's all touchdowns there. <laughs> and I don't love that. I would rather take whatever I perceive to be the pass catcher there because, I mean, Brandon Bolden got 49 targets last year. Somebody's going to get targets out of the backfield. And I don't think it's Harris or Stevenson. Neither one then of them who is got it? much. I think if James White is healthy, he's still going to get targets. I'm not going to love the production after the targets, but I'm going to relish the targets that he gets there. So at basically undrafted, if he's healthy, I'm going to have the all injured fantasy team. Apparently, with the the all- team most you're going to have two
2: thirty-year-olds, two year thirty-year-olds <laughs> running backs that are never healthy. And uh, yeah. yeah,
1: but like otherwise, I'm not interested because really the splits with Harris and Stevenson though, when both were on the field together, it wasn't that crazy of a difference. Harris had 15 rushing attempts. Stevenson had 11. Harris had 1.3 targets. Stevenson had 1.2 targets per game. Like they were pretty even in that respect. I don't want to chance either of them.
2: And it's not like Pierre strong was a big receiving back at college either. So maybe he's the guy that comes in um, and ends up being the receiving back. Someone's going to do it in a bill Belichick offense, but who, I I don't know. I was really high on JJ Taylor, um, undrafted guy a couple of years ago. I thought he was going to take over the James white role. uh, Now we've seen two season. He's still on the roster. Like he's still holding tight. And for an undrafted guy, to still be on the roster three years later, especially when they barely use him, keep an eye out for him, I guess, because I do. He's literally James White. He's he just is younger. I, I don't know why he's not being used more, but uh, but this backfield is pretty gross. If I'm going with that one, let's say I take Austin Eckler in the first round, and then I go wide receivers after that, or I go with a, a tight end in there, or a quarterback in there, and I wait on my second running back for a while. I think Damian Harris is a safe play at RB2
0: to go a- along with a very high upside guy like Austin Eckler. I think that's totally that's right. fair. Back to back to back seasons of averaging 14 touches per game. I could see that increasing this year. This is his final year with the team. Um, he'll be approaching the end of his rookie contract this year. Who's to say that they don't run him like mad while he's in his final? season uh give him a, a little chance to prove himself before he hits free agency it's not like i expect them to pay him buku money so like why not get your run out of him while he's still in town i think he could so is he your guy as well he is especially for cost but i i could reasonably see damian harris touch the ball as long as he's healthy like what his upside's probably like 250 rush attempts on the season yeah, and then
2: without many re- receptions, we'll see what his touchdowns are.
0: But plenty of scoring opportunities. I'm
2: already so bored of us talking about the Patriots because they're boring. <laughs> Jake, who would be your pick officially if you have to pick one?
1: I really think it's it's probably going to be nobody, but legitimately, last round flyer. Sure, welcome to the team, James White. Okay, I like it.
0: Let's Jake, move you're on. running out of last round flyers. Like,
1: <laughs> no, I'm going to use my last round on everybody that we're talking about here.
2: This is a more exciting backfield because it truly is like one of those guys that everyone thought had top five potential and it's just come crumbling down a little bit. But I think people are taking it too far now. Like, no, he's not a top five guy, but he's still a wide receiver too. So we're talking about the commanders here, the Washington commanders. You have Antonio Gibson. He's going at the RB19, which I think is a very fair price. You have JD McKissick going at RB45. And then Brian Robinson Jr. going at RB63 most likely means that's undrafted in your league, Um, if it's redraft league. Now, this offseason has been the hate on Antonio Gibson offseason. And it's all because people thought he was going to have his breakout year last year, and he got a lot of touches, but he ended as the RB17 in fantasy points per game last season. Which is not terrible. I mean, he was serviceable for you for many weeks. Uh, he was an RB18 in fantasy points per game in 2020. So I do think his cost at RB19 is very fair. Now you have to decide, was it injuries last year that held him down? Even though he was getting the touches, he was super injured all year. He dealt with a stress fracture to his shin all of September. He dealt with a calf injury in October. And then he dealt with a toe injury in December. So never really healthy all season long. Now he has already suffered a minor hamstring injury in OTAs. So keep a lookout for that during training camp.
0: Plenty but, of time still, but like, dang guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, he's still learning the position. He wasn't a running back in college. So my
0: God, how many years I'm in a saying, row can we say that he's still learning? The I'm position? saying he was injured all last year. And in 2020, he was learning the position. That's like me t- saying that I'm still learning how to walk. Anyways, kind of true. Um, Whatever, whatever our thoughts here about Antonio Gibson? Start there.
1: I firmly am with you that hate has gone too far. And I I take part of the blame because early in this offseason, I just was disgusted. It was around the time when J.D. McKissick was supposed to be gone, and then he got lured back to the team. He was supposed to be joined. Was it the Bills, I think, that were going to have him? So, but I don't know. And they're like, nope, psych. Come on back, J.D. McKissick. And it was just that deep sigh of the year. Antonio Gibson was supposed to get targets. Now he won't. However, the dude had the fourth most rushing attempts in the NFL, despite his injuries, as you're saying, and yes, his efficiency took an absolute nosedive. I am choosing to believe it was primarily injuries because otherwise it doesn't make sense. The year before he was a totally different player, just watching him. I'm also choosing to believe that Brian Robinson is less of a, Complementary piece and more of a true backup plan for if Antonio Gibson gets hurt. And obviously with the hamstring thing, maybe that's already a, looking like a great pick because who knows, maybe Gibson doesn't play that much this year because he deals with more injuries, yada, yada, yada. But I don't think that he is just coming in to take Antonio Gibson's role unless Gibson gets hurt. But I also kind of like JD McKissick still. Like I still want somebody who's guaranteed those types of targets. And I don't think they back away from that with him. I think both of them can be, you know, between Gibson and McKissick have another 50 targets apiece, like they did last year. That's plenty good for where McKissick's being drafted. But if Gibson gets back to his old self, that's amazing value.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's rumors out there that maybe Brian Robinson could steal the goal line work. I don't know why that would be. Antonio Gibson has been, I mean, 11 rushing touchdowns his rookie season. Yeah. That dropped down to seven, but he was playing in a pretty terrible offense with really no weapons besides Terry McLaurin. When you get, when you get down to that goal line, I mean, the defenders are like, okay, Terry McLaurin, we have to guard. And then you have Taylor Heineke as a quarterback. Like, yeah, we'll stop Antonio Gibson. Like it was, too, it's not really hard for defenders. Right. So I don't, I never seen an issue with Antonio Gibson around the goal line to be like, ooh, we need to replace him. He's a big enough back to be down there. So I'm not worried there. His rushing touchdowns should increase with more weapons there. Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Taylor Heineke. So uh, I, I think he keeps his goal line work. When you're looking at guys last year with the highest percentage of their team's touches, total touches in 2021, it was Najee Harris, number one, Jonathan Taylor, number two, Joe Mixon, number three, Antonio Gibson, number four. He's gets the work. I mean, they're using him. Hopefully, his efficiency is better without the injuries. You got to just hope it was injuries and a bad offense last year. But I, I'm taking the shot at him at RB19. If I need a second running back, I don't want him as my RB1. But if I'm looking and he's available at, you know, for my second running back, and I'm looking at running back there, I'm fine taking a chance on him.
0: I mean, yeah, I I think that's um, totally fair. I think it's definitely gone too far in terms of like touchdown upside. I mean, literally had one fewer red zone carry than Austin Eckler. Like this dude was absolutely uh, it, it just crushing it in terms of his volume around the the red zone in the end zone. He needs to convert more. I think he needs to, to improve on efficiency if he's going to get you a top 12 season ever. But again, I do think that could come with health. The real question just more so becomes, does he get healthy? Though the interesting thing is I've like, and I've said this a million times before, like i i feel like everybody's finally with me in giving up in that like antonio gibson 100 plus target potential season like it it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen michelle you talked about like miles sanders and his pass blocking grade antonio gibson had a worse pass blocking grade yeah, than know. miles sanders last season yeah. like it's it's definitely not something that he's excelled in um he's he's really well, he Just, never had to do that in college ever. But so. he's still, but like at this point, he's more of a pure rusher and not a three down back. And, but I mean, that's obviously incredible, incredibly valuable. And at the price, like it, it's really like it, it seems like so easy. Cause if he even comes close to another 300 touches, he's gonna finish better than our B19. Yeah.
2: I, I, I'm starting to like him. So, like, Cam Akers is going as RB17. Cam Akers coming off an Achilles tear where we saw a terrible efficiency. And, yeah, we might expect it to be large volume, but there's no reason not to expect there to be large volume from Antonio Gibson. I'm taking Antonio Gibson over Cam Akers.
0: Yes, for sure. every single time.
1: Absolutely. Him and J.K. Dobbins, I will take, uh, I'll, I'll take Gibson over any injured running back basically coming back right now. Except I for mean, James gets, White. I'd rather have James White.
2: It gets kind of gross after Gibson. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Josh Jacobs and J.K. Dobbins and Elijah Mitchell and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then there's some upside guys with Brees Hall and Travis Etienne. Maybe you prefer the upside there, which I totally understand. But I but think there's lots Gibson of, has upside. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I think the hate's going too far for him, and he'll probably be on a bunch of my teams. Well, he hasn't been as of yet of his career because he's been going too high. Now I'll take him. All right, let's move on. Are we all agreeing there? I keep moving on before I get your. I'm like, this is my opinion. And I your feel like I've stamped. Not no,
0: I feel like we stamped this into the ground. We're going with Antonio Gibson. Cool, and I JD so. McKissick's a fine late round pick too in PPR leagues. Jake's definitely gonna save his last <laughs> <Yeah>. round pick. <laughs> he'll for be Jake's JD McKissick last No, pick. he'll be
1: my second to last uh, round pick. Thank you right. What
0: Jake is going to do in all of his Leagues this year? I have a feeling this is gonna be his strategy. He's going to trade, you know, like all of his early picks and just acquire a bunch of like, (laughs) like. It's a winning formula. Yeah. Some galaxy brain stuff. 14 round, 15 round picks. And he's just going to have like (laughs) all of them to close out the draft. And he's going to win the league. Yeah, yeah, probably. That's how fantasy
2: works, actually. Uh, The last people try. The more they win, it's just, and that's game. why you're listening. To I'm not even being sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> let's go with our last and final team that we'll be discussing today: the Kansas City Chiefs. There was some, uh, you know, runner-ups here. We were thinking about the Bills, but that should be Devin Singletary's team. Uh, what are some other confusing teams here? Uh, the Falcons. The but Falcons. Like, yeah. Nobody. I don't know. I don't know. No, thank you. you uh,
1: so Seahawks. Go- nah.
2: Yeah. Seahawks. It should just be a mix. The Broncos, mm-hmm. we're not talking about them because as much as we all want Javante Williams to get all the work, Melvin Gordon's going to be heavily involved. It's going to be a mix. So, like, those aren't really confusing backfields. They're just split backfields. Get over yourself. With um, the Kansas City Chiefs, though, this one is confusing. Is it a split? Is it going to be one guy? I don't it's think be it's all as, three.
0: It's not as confusing as everybody's making it out to be. Okay, well, I'm excited yeah. to
2: hear about that. Well, we got the three guys. Let me go through that first, and I'll get to you. Clyde Edwards-Helaire is going as RB25. Ronald Jones going as RB 39 and Jarek McKinnon who broke out in the playoffs last year going as RB 69. So he's going undrafted pretty much uh, for redraft. Kate, let's start with you.
0: I mean, it's easily Clyde Edwards Alaire for me again, like it it's for me, the, um, the recency bias I think has pushed him just a little bit too far for my taste, a little bit too low in ADP. In games where he's had at least 12 rushing attempts, which is like not a major threshold whatsoever, averaged 15 PPR points per game, almost 80 rushing yards, uh, like right under 100 scrimmage yards per game in those contests. Like that's not a a large threshold. And we've seen what he can do when healthy. Um, Health has been the main concern. It came out last year that. He had the gallbladder surgery and just wasn't totally right after that, which I a hundred percent believe, um, that screws up your metabolism. He, how much weight did he lose? It was ridiculous. Like.
2: I've never heard this story in my
0: life. <laughs> like you could
2: be making this up for all I know. I don't know. So did uh, I dream this? I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but for some reason I just don't remember it. I'm sure. You're I don't know. It. Let
1: me visit gallbladders.com real quick. I'll get back to you and just see if his name's on
0: me. <laughs> Uh, is my yeah he had a off-scene gallbladder surgery last year and it sounds like he just wasn't uh, wasn't right after that anyway (laughs) well he does not have a gallbladder every
2: month jake what are your thoughts and we'll get get back to kate when she's finished researching this gallbladder stuff
1: Uh, I, I understand what you're saying there with the, you know, the, the potential injury or, or gallbladder issue. I think my problem is that Ronald Jones is a really good running back. Uh, And I think as a pure running back, Ronald Jones, I always say this is very good. Just don't ask him to catch anything. He's not going to do it. Stop trying, but let him run the ball and he (laughs) will be very good. So I'm afraid that he's going to siphon off a good chunk of carries traditionally I am a little freaked out at their usage of CEH. I got to admit, I don't understand their red zone usage with him, their goal line usage with him. Just bear with me. And I understand, again, the gallbladder thing, TBD. We'll, we'll see if that plays a part. But he, he had the same percentage of attempts inside the five-yard line, rushing attempts that is, as Evan Ingram and Travis Kelsey, 9%. He didn't have any work there. Do they just not trust him? Was it because of the uh, health thing? I don't know, but that freaks me out because he's going to have to get all targets. And like you said, Michelle, Derek McKinnon, I mean, it's just me loving 30-year-old running backs at this point, but the guy (laughs) did produce when asked to in the playoffs last year, and they made an effort to get him back there. So I don't know. It feels like everybody's kind of eaten into Clyde a little bit.
2: Yeah, I I think I'm, I was, Starting to get on the bandwagon for C. H. before they re-signed Jarek McKinnon because Daryl Williams was gone, and he he was their third uh, leading guy in scrimmage yards last year behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Daryl Williams had over a thousand scrimmage yards last year. And had the chunk of their goal line work. Like, Gerald Williams did the dang thing. So I was thinking, okay, Clyde Edwards-Alaire should steal a lot of those targets. I mean, he was such a good pass catcher in college. It doesn't make sense. He's not being utilized in this role in the NFL. Uh, and I, I do figure Ronald Jones will probably take the goal line work. And maybe, you know, some of his carries away. Because he, he's just a stronger, better running back right now. Um, just as a runner not as a receiver, obviously, but then they added in Jarek McKinnon and I'm like, shoot, like he showed a lot in the playoffs. I don't know how long that will last, but he showed he can be the receiving guy. He looked really good on the ground as well, averaging over five yards per carry in two of those three uh, playoff games. And then he was getting six, seven, four targets in those games. And at the end of the season, he was being utilized in that role as well. I, I think they could use him as, they're kind of Daryl Williams in this offense, which I think would stink. So I, Jarek McKinnon going undrafted. I'll take him with my last round draft shot, maybe. Uh, instead, I like I don't see a world where I take CH in my drafts.
0: Um. Okay. So just I, I'm caught up on the research here on the gallbladder report. Uh. So he did have gallbladder surgery last March. Said he was still. He got down to 160 pounds. Wow. 160 pounds and was recovering all through the off season uh, and into the summer. So like, think about all of the muscle mass that he lost. He says he's completely healthy now, but I mean, he was already down and out. He had an, uh, a, a knee injury last year that had him on IR, a shoulder injury. I do think if he's healthy, he is the best running back on this team. I know Ronald Jones is a good pure rusher. But when you ask him to do really anything else, he's not good at it. Like Bruce Arians, there's literally a clip that I just love of Bruce Arians saying like, he's just not very good. Like he's <laughs> he literally just comes out and says that. Like, um, I think he was talking, he was referring to like a, a pass blocking situation where he, he did, he missed a, a blitz pickup or something like that. And he's like, well, he, he's just not very good. Like, that's that's why he didn't do that cuz he's not very good. Like I do think that CEH is the much more he's the most complete player on this team. I think it just comes down to health and if he enters the season fully healthy um which I, it sounds like he is for at least the time being, give me CEH cuz I do think he has legitimate top 12 upside and he's on the best offense in the NFL. I don't think so, that changes with out Tyreek Hill. You still have Travis Kelsey. You have plenty of options with Juju smith
2: Clyde Edwards-Alaire, or Antonio Gibson for you. Edwards-Alaire. Oh wow, well. I'm taking Gibson. Ooh. What about you? I can get yeah. Edwards-Alaire. About no, I'm asking. Two rounds well, later. Okay. okay, I guess. Um, I was asking more like, which one do you think will lay- head uh, rank? Oh my goodness, which one will
0: end higher than the other in fantasy points this year? I think Antonio Gibson will probably end the season with more rushing attempts, but I do um that's not what I asked. Fantasy points. Fantasy I points. I think they'll be they'll be quite close. I can finish or I I think in my rankings Antonio Gibson's probably going to come right around RB 12 to 14 and I'm going to have CEH at like the same spot. So give me CEH where I can get him a couple of rounds later. Okay, so are we going with Miles Sanders or CEH? C-E-H. ceh
2: yeah for i'm sure. going ceh there too they're only going to rb spots away from each other so C-E-H C-E-H guys miles sanders that. rb 27 i'm easily taking ceh there damian harris who's going rb 28 or ceh ceh, C-E-H. C-E-H.
1: C-E-H i don't sure. want the ping pong back and forth weeks
2: so maybe i will take ceh if i'm sitting there and antonio gibson's gone and travis etienne is gone um and I don't want the guys going after him. This is a good one, I think. Devin Singletary broke out for the Bills last year. Devin Singletary or CEH? CEH.
1: I might go Singletary there. Wow. For, I don't think he'll stretch out the entire season and be prominent, but I could see a world where the first eight games, Devin Singletary is going to crush. And I'd take that to get off to a hot start.
2: I'm still going C H, but I thought that was a good one. So maybe I am a little bit higher on him than I thought. I really would just prefer not to have, you know, to start any of these guys that I just named, (laughs) but uh, that 160 pound thing is pretty crazy. And I did not know that. Hmm. And that would,
0: that's going to set you back
2: uh, pretty far. So it's crazy. He played it all last year. And obviously
0: played a a decent chunk of the season. Like I think my guy's a trooper, my guy's a trooper. Um, I wanted to do one more little stat.
2: Before we head off here, so talking about CEH, right? His head coach, Andy Reid, compared him to Brian Westbrook before or right after they drafted him, right? He said he reminds him so much of how his playing style. Westbrook in his first two seasons averaged 41 scrimmage yards per game and had 11 total scrimmage touchdowns. Clyde Edwards-Alaire in his first two seasons have averaged 76 scrimmage yards per game, so a lot more, and has had 11 total scrimmage touchdowns. Westbrook in his third season is when he broke absolute out with Andy Reid. That was 116 scrimmage yards per game. He had nine touchdowns that season. That was the start of great Brian Westbrook. So don't give up on C.H. yet. There's still hope. That's all I was going to say.
0: That's fun. Fair. Yeah. It's really fun. I love that we had two Brian Westbrook stats. In this Westbrook podcast. is a really
2: <laughs> hard name for me to say. I, I keep, no, Westbrook. West uh, yes,
0: I want to do the W in place Brian, of the
2: Westbrook.
0: <laughs> Brian Westbrook. <laughs> it's just so weird that we both came into this podcast with a Brian Westbrook
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like you're meant for each other or something.
0: It's the, you know? The, yeah. yeah, let's let's shut this thing down. Thanks for listening to the Ball Blast podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it for today's show. If you liked us, please give us a five-star review. If you have any additional questions, hit us up on Twitter. I am Michelle.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Ball blast, blast E M. You can follow me, Kate, at FFBallBlast.
1: You can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W.
0: Hi, y'all. Bye. Bye.
1: That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.